Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of the J Situation podcast. I'm recording this on October 20th, 2020. I am proud and excited to let you know that the J Situation podcast is brought to you by Pew Science, pushing the silencer industry forward one test at a time. Pew Science is the largest ever public small arms research cooperative. Most testing and R&D is funded by contributions from the membership, like you folks listening. Some testing is funded privately by manufacturers. When private test data is made public, you'll know. Visit PewScience.com for the suppression rating, the simplest and most accurate hearing safe ratings for your suppressed small arms. The suppression rating is on section five of the Silencer Sound Standard. The standard walks you through gunshot noise, sorta like Wikipedia, but cooler because it's for silencers. There are six parts and they're all on PewScience.com for you to read. If you haven't dug into the silencer sound standard, dude, it's totally fine. You can skip directly to the suppression rating in section five. It lets you know how silencers stack up in comparison to one another with regard to sound at the muzzle and at the shooter's ear. And a really cool thing about the suppression rating is it gives you a hearing safe dose limit for your particular platform on which the silencer is tested. You're not gonna find this information anywhere else in the world. And the sixth and the final section of the standard contains all the reviews, so go check them out on PewScience.com. If you are a manufacturer and you would like to use PewScience for private testing and consulting services, man, there's even a form on the website with which you can submit that inquiry. Your contact data, will be held in strict confidence. You can support this podcast, Pew Science, and our testing by joining at pewscience.com and also by rating this podcast on iTunes. Man, it really help you give us a good rating on there. We can let the world know that silencers and guns are awesome. I think it's gonna be a quick podcast for you guys today. Gonna be three topics I have prepared. The first is going to be the latest sound signature review, Review 624, the Thunder Beast Ultra 9. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. That's a a really interesting review. The second topic is about compact pistol silencers. Are they loud? How loud are they? Are they louder than larger pistol silencers? Kind of. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And then finally, you know, I just want to thank uh, all the Pew Science members uh, that have joined. Uh, I really appreciate your support. You guys are making this happen. So thank you, as always, for that. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and we'll write down our start time for the first topic. For all you folks that like to use timestamps, like to give this to you guys. So we're going to be at a time of 3 minutes and 23 seconds here. Okay, topic one. The latest sound signature review, review 624, the Thunder Beast Ultra 9. Okay. Yeah, so I built a little bit of suspense for this one, didn't I? Yeah. How many of you folks were expecting a silencer from Thunder Beast to be reviewed? I don't know. I think think some of you were expecting it, but I'm not sure how many. You know, you know why not many of you are expecting 
a silencer for Thunder Beast? Well, it's because of marketing, okay? Like you haven't seen it marketed a lot, so you probably didn't even think about it. That's how powerful marketing is, okay? Now remember, what Pew Science is doing is testing silencers and showing you data in really no particular order, okay? Um, it has nothing to do with the market, as it were. Like it doesn't, like I'm not examining market trends. But sure, you know, I released the Ultra 9 review a little bit more strategically, but and that's actually for a variety of reasons. The first reason is because it's a full-size 30 caliber rifle silencer, and that's what I happen to be showing you lately, and it fit well, okay? Fit well in the sequence. Also, it seemed topical, seemed like a topical silencer to review. Uh, the second reason is that it has very good performance. And I, need, I needed you to be able to understand its performance in a large context. In the context of other popular 30 caliber silencers on the market, you know, I, that's, I wanted you, it to fit in. And then the third reason for the timing of the data release is because from the beginning of Pew Science and the Silencer Sound Standard, there have been a few industry entities that really weren't the most welcoming to Pew Science or the standard. And so um, this is kind of a showcase and it's a very important review because the analysis that you know I released on the silencer last week, Sound Signature Review 624, it's the first of its kind in the world. Not only is it the most accurate sound signature data ever published for a Thunderbeast silencer, it is the most meaningful data for that silencer ever shown not only to the public, but to anyone. Thunderbeast themselves didn't have the data that you see on PewScience.com, okay? Like, they saw that data when you saw that data, okay? And you members, you members that see the members version of the review, you guys are also seeing data that nobody has seen. Okay, Thunderbeast is not a member of PewScience, so they have not seen the at-ear waveforms for their own silencer. Okay, that's how special that data is. And so I just want to let you let that sink in for you. Like that's, this is special. Okay, this is like one of a kind stuff. So, so I, th I thought it was really cool. And I'm, I'm super proud of this because it's, it, it shows a lot of very interesting things and no one's ever done it. So, but before we, we go into more detail about all that, let's, let's talk more about the silencer. Let's talk more about the Ultra 9, man. Talk about a silencer. Like around precision rifle circles, the Ultra series from Thunder Beast is extremely well known. Okay? The Ultra silencers are known for their sound signature, the quality manufacturing, um, extremely consistent point of impact shift. Um, and by point of impact shift, that means so when, when you install it on a bolt action rifle, for example, and it shifts the point of impact like silencers do because they add mass to the end of the barrel, changing the natural frequency of vibration. You know, that's, you know, they're all, all silencers are going to shift your point of impact. The Ultra Series is good at making that point of impact shift repeatable. So when you attach the silencer and then you zero the gun and then you detach the silencer and then you reattach the silencer again on your next outing, the shift should be repeatable. Okay, the shift should be repeatable. That's what you want. Okay, so how how do they how do they do that with Ultra Nine? How does how is Thunderbeast doing that? Well, there are a few things that they have to do. Okay, 
The first is to ensure that it's properly aligned. They, for that, they use a taper mount, okay? Um, now, this is assuming that your barrel threads are concentric to the bore, okay? That's important. So once that is verified, then you, you put this taper mount on there. Well, on their taper mount, their threads are actually in front of the taper instead of behind the taper. It's not ideal, as we know. It aligns the silencer very well. That goes without saying. And it does create a gas seal so you don't get gas, leak gas leakage um, at the rear of the silencer, at the mount interface. But because the threads are in the front, carbon does blow into the threads over time due to the thread tolerance. Okay, that's just that's how it is. Now, I note this because when I tested the Ultra 9, the flash hider mount that I received had been shot before. When I threaded the Ultra 9 onto the mount, after the mount was installed on the rifle, it was incredibly difficult to thread on. It was so difficult that I had to thread it on, back it off, thread it on, back it off, multiple times. I had to cut through the carbon on the mount using the silencer. That was a pain in the butt. It was a pain in the butt. Now, is that the fault of the silencer or the fault of the mount? Um, I think it's, it's just the system. I think sort of, right? It's sort of the fault of the system. But it's also fault, the fault of the shooters that didn't clean the mount after they shot it. Okay? After I cut through all the carbon, the silencer threaded and unthreaded for the mount relatively easily. So really, you know, what I would say here is just make sure you clean your, your mount, your Thunderbeast mounts. It shouldn't be hard. The Ultra Silencer is intended for bolt-action rifles, so you shouldn't be shooting hundreds, hundreds of rounds through this in one session. Um, I wouldn't think so. I mean, maybe you might, but I wouldn't think you would. I wouldn't think you'd be doing that. So just remember that stuff, and you'll probably be okay. You're probably going to be okay. Now, another thing they do to make the Thunder, the, the Thunder Beast uh, silencers have minimal and repeatable point of impact shift, I think is the manufacturing technique. I don't know. I don't know everything about how they make them, but I have heard in the past that they do not EDM the bore. Like they don't electro-discharge machining. Like they don't, they don't cut the bore straight after it's assembled. Like they do it, they align it before that. So to be able to do that, like they must have some pretty good manufacturing, like which is super nice, I guess. Like, I don't know. Look, by all accounts, they make a high quality product. And I think the reputation of the quality seems to be deserved. Like from all I've seen, like folks like really like the quality of these things. So they're doing something right. Um, I, I don't have any information to indicate they're not um, from what I've seen. Now, does it, you know, just because it's, you know, really made well, does that mean it's the strongest silencer? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, the Ultra 9 is titanium. Uh, you know, yeah, they, they weld it. But, you know, that's not really... The strength of a silencer is actually... It's, it's, a, it's somewhat of a complicated determination. Um... It does have to do with the welds in some ways, but really, if if you if you have enough weld, you probably if you're going to get a silencer fail, you're going to fail in the base metal, not the weld. So it's really the 
sonsor geometry and the wall thickness of the sonsor that dictates the strength. Like that's like those two things, like the way the sonsor is made and like geometrically configured and how thick that wall is, that's going to play a pretty big role in strength. So this silencer specifically, like this is not a silencer to put on a short barrel machine gun. Like that's probably not like what you want to do. I mean, you could, um, I think Thunder Beast told me that you can do a couple mags or you can do a mag or something. I, I can't remember the, contact them for the exact schedule, but the bottom line here is that you're not going to be, you know, doing mag dumps, which is not the point of the silencer. Um, this is a silencer for a bolt gun. And when you use it on Magnum cartridges, for example, they give you the minimum barrel lengths for those cartridges on their website. So they actually have pretty comprehensive ratings for it. So you can check that out. Now, another thing they do to make it an accurate silencer is the baffle design and the geometry of, um, of the baffles. Now, there's some special sauce in Thunderbeast silencers, I have to say. So you'll have to go to the Google patent search engine and check it out. But I'm, get, I'm guessing you silencer nerds have already done that. I'm guessing you guys have already dug into that when I announced it last week. I like to, sometimes, you know, I go to that Form 1 uh, su uh, suppressor forum run by Joseph. Uh, shout out to Joseph. Uh, you know, go on that forum and I announce a review because I, I love to see what folks are thinking about in their own designs and how these commercial silencers kind of stack up with, you know, or rather how, how they, how they mesh with the expectations and the designs that folks are doing on their own. And I really like to start those discussions because I like people to, to be thinking about this stuff. I mean, that's how, I think that's how you get innovation in the market. I think that's how you get advancement is when you have good communication. So I, I, I know that you guys have been looking at the patents already because we've already been looking at pictures of the internals. I think, you know, Recoil Magazine has some x-rays and stuff. They've been shooting those around. So people, people know what's in these silencers. You know, Thunder Beast actually, it's interesting. They, they were talking about that with me. They said a lot of, apparently some silencer manufacturers, they try to hide what's in their silencer by making the blast baffle different than the rest of the baffles thinking that no one's just going to not cut them open and look at the silencer anyway. So, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I was like, hmm. I didn't think anyone would ever try to camouflage anything in the silencer. Everyone knows you could just cut one open. That was weird. I don't know. Silencer industry is weird, though, like, in general. It's got a weird stuff going on. But, anyway. For those of you who have heard a Thunder Beast rifle silencer, which I know a few of you have, this... You know, I don't know what you, I don't know. Did you expect this? <laughs> Do you expect the results? <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about them. So bottom line up front, look, like look at the review. Okay. Look at this. Look at the sound signature review. The bottom line up front is that you see an overall suppression rating of 46.1 for the silencer on PewScience.com. That is the highest rating you've seen for a centerfire rifle silencer on the 20-inch barrel bolt action so far, right? Right. Remember, the overall rating is a composite rating of the muzzle rating and the ear rating. At the muzzle, the silencer earns a rating of 30.7. At the shooter's ear, the Ultra 9 earns a rating of 45.9. 
That's about one and a half points higher than the CGS Helios QD. So, I mean, look, that's not, one and a half points is not a lot. It, 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 it's quieter than the Helios QD, but, but not by a lot to the shooter. Okay, not by a ton. To bystanders in overall signature, it's, it's noticeably quieter, but the, to the shooter, ah, the difference is just less pronounced. The difference seems to be less pronounced. Now, again, <laughs> I started this off by saying, you know, for those of you who have heard one of these things, it might be crazy. Cause like you're, like I know a few of you've heard an Ultra 9 and look, I will preface this by saying, yes, these results are a little crazy. I think we're getting into territory that I anticipated for the science or sound standard, but now that we're in this territory, it's kind of sinking in for me, and I think it's sinking in for a lot of other people too. Peak decibels matter once you get to a certain point, but it, they matter a lot less than a lot of people thought, and even I thought, okay? I actually didn't, this is, this is oh, I'm learning stuff too, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get more into it later. You know, I used to think peak decibels were the end all be all. Now, you can see by reading the review that the Ultra 9 is quiet. No one, like nobody that has ever shot the Ultra 9 on a bolt action will disagree with the review. Okay? Um, for one, the data is correct. Two, the suppression rating takes into account all the metrics to tell you about human perception. And it's extremely well known that the Ultra 9 is a high performance rifle silencer. You know, if you, if you haven't, like you, you may be thinking, man, I, I shot the, I shot the Ultra 9. I haven't shot a Helios. Man, I didn't know the Helios was that quiet. Or, man, I've shot a Helios. Man, I had no idea the Ultra 9. I thought the Ultra 9 would be quieter. I thought it'd be more quieter than the Helios. It's like, well, you know, it is quieter. But keep in mind, the way we're looking at this is we're looking at human perception and the suppression rating. The Ultra 9 is well known to be a quiet silencer. What isn't as well known, what isn't as well known and still something that a lot of people have trouble believing is that the Ultra 9 actually doesn't have much perceptible first round pop. This is a very bold claim. Uh, one that Thunderbeast makes on their website, actually. Uh, Thunderbeast talks about this. On the remember, remember the previous podcast, uh, or maybe a few episodes ago, when I talked about the Dead Air Salmon L, and I said that if you go to Dead Air's website, it says uh, the Dead Air Salmon L is the best performing and quietest 7.62 suppressor on the market. Okay. Um, it's it. To be frank, you know, statements like that. That's one of the reasons why people have trouble believing what they see on websites. Cause like, you know, look, like I, I don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad about any company or anything. I'm just saying like that statement on debtors websites, like uh, objectively false. Like that's not true. They, um, I don't know why it still says, that. I don't know if they put that on there. Like I said before, they might've put that on there like a long time ago or something, but it, like it says it's the best performing quietest. It's not. It, it's not we know it's not and so um 
Because, you know, Thunder Beast has been making silencers for quite a long time. And I'm pretty sure the Ultra 9 was around. I thought, you know, I thought the Ultra 9 was around when the Sandman L was released. But it might, it might not have been. Like, I could be wrong on that. But regardless, right now, I'm telling you, the Ultra 9 is way quieter than the Sandman L. Like, way, like, way quieter. Like, not just a little quieter, guys. Like, that's, like, the higher you get in suppression rating, like, you'll start to see this stuff. Like, you, I don't know, it's kind of a jump, man. Look, at the ear, you're looking at 38.9 for the Sandman L versus 45.9 for the Ultra 9. Like, that's not trivial, man. That's a big old jump. A big old jump. So... I think sometimes that's why people have some trouble believing some marketing stuff because, look, man, this is real data. I'm here to tell you. I, I tell you what. You go you go shoot those two sponsors side by side. I mean, I'm sure you, you can find someone with both of them. And you, you, you come back and you tell me. You tell me what you think on a bolt action. Eliminate all the variables. Okay? You know, that... You tell me what you think. I'd be interested to hear because, you know, the feedback I got after this review, this review was released was pretty, pretty solid, man. Everyone's like, yep, that's pretty much what I expected. I'm like, cool. Okay. I'm like, good. <laughs> now, again, that's like why I have trouble believing things on websites. But, you know, so... Take Thunderbeast's website, for example. When you, when you go to Thunderbeast's website, they say, hey, our silencer has little to no first-round pop. Like, so usually when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, okay, like, cool story, bro, okay. Um, and then I, like, I completely ignore it, like, just like I pretty much ignore all the other sound stuff on, on the silencer websites. I'm like, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's kind of like unless I've tested it, I'm not believing it. And I'm not saying that to be like egotistical or saying, you know, oh, you have to use peace science. No, I'm saying like, I'm speaking from experience. And, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, marketing is, it's often marketing. And, you know, you have to take some grain, you know, some claims with some grains of salt. Like, I'm trying to tell you, you know, you need to, you know, set your expectations is all I'm saying. And so, you know, Thunderbeast on their website, they say, you know, you know, little to no first round pop. You know, I talk to them, they say, hey, you know, it has a first round pop. It's barely there. It's like, they don't say that it has no first round pop. They're basically, Thunderbeast is basically telling you, you can barely hear the first round pop in the silencer. That's, that's their point. Okay. Which is a pretty big deal. And it's a good distinction. And then it's a really honest description. Okay. So... An important thing to realize about that is that up until now, no one was able to show that phenomenon to anyone with data. The only way you were going to be able to truly experience a lack of first round pop with the Ultra 9 was to shoot it. Only a limited amount of companies are testing their silencers using the silencer sound standard right now. Okay, and that, that list is actually... that's. Pew Science clients, that's proprietary information, but I mean, it'll come out eventually who's using it. I mean, now, the, like the rest, the folks that aren't testing with Pew Science, well, they're 
they're only looking at peaks and the peaks they're looking at aren't even, they're not even the real peaks because they're not sampling fast enough. So they're gonna get some peaks. Um, the waveforms they get aren't the correct shape and, and they're not even looking at the whole waveforms. You know, there's actually a few reasons why the waveforms aren't, aren't the correct shape. Um, when you, when you downsample, you don't sample fast enough. And when you apply filtering to the waveforms, uh, th that's a, that's, that's the term, like you're going to hear that. You're going to hear manufacturers are going to bring up this to you. They're going to say, well, we do a weighting or B weighting or C weighting or Z weighting. What, what, what they're actually saying is they're filtering. They're filtering the data. Um, what, what it's doing is it's, it's cutting out frequencies. And by as a result, it's knocking down the peaks and it's changing the phase of the waveforms. So that's like the technical that's the technical background behind that. Like they're changing the signal. Okay, and there's no reason to do that. So um, it's it's just important to know that basically they're behind with measuring sound and they're all doing it in a way and you're never going to get consistent answers that way either um, for a variety of reasons and so it's it's just no that, that this is why no one's a, no one's been able to really demonstrate this first round pop phenomenon to you like how are you going to believe that man like you're going to read that on their website and you're going to be like oh well, they said it doesn't have any first round pop but like that's a really big statement and it, and being able to achieve that is like a super big accomplishment, I think for a silencer. So it's really important you understand when it's true and when it's not true. And that's what I'm kind of trying to tell you here. Now, the Thunder Beast mechanical engineer guy called me. He said, uh, you know, he called me on the phone. I told him, Hey man, your, your silencer is quiet, dude. I'm, I'm like super stoked to show everyone how quiet it is. Like I'm actually like really excited. Um, he, he agreed. He said, yeah, man, it, it, he, he, he told me he, it is quiet and he, he really, they, they market to snipers and shooters that, that need their first shot to be really quiet. Like that's like their thing. I told him, well, that's cool, dude. That's super awesome. And I think my data shows that. So that's great. Like I was like, oh, this is so great. He, he was telling me something interesting. He told me that it gets harder to do when the silencer gets shorter. And I was like, that makes sense. The silencer will be less effective when it gets shorter and you probably have more first round pop. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I honestly think that he was excited to see the data from Pew Science. I think probably all of Thunderbeast was. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think, you know, well look, I know they, they haven't seen this type of data for their silencers. Like, <laughs> Like, so now, now they have, and like, that's super cool. Cause they, they got to see it when you did, um, when it was released. And so now like when a customer has a question, like they can point to Pew Science data if they want, you know what I mean? Look, man, like if I was advertising no first round pop, like that's what I would do. I would totally be like, dude, check out the freaking Pew Science review. It says it has no first round pop. Like that's independent testing. And the customer would be like, oh, that's cool. Like, dude, this, this, I'm telling you guys, this data blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I, I think it blew Thunderbeast's mind. I don't think, I don't think they knew what to think when they, they're like, what? 
So here we are. I mean, uh, you know, Thunder Beast knew their sponsor was good. And they knew he didn't have a lot of first-round pop, but they didn't know how to show anyone, right? Because up until now, like they could shoot it, and they'd be like, "Man, it, it it's not getting, it's not getting quieter. It's just quiet. That's cool." So they, Thunder Beast, and a lot of other manufacturers try to show that by comparing the peaks in a five-shot string. Okay, and if they see higher peaks after the first shot, then they see, then you know, then they're like, oh, it doesn't have any first round pop. And like, you know, the highest shot was shot four. That means it doesn't have any first round pop. Well, that's that's not really that's not really what you what you need to do to quantify. We need to look at the whole waveform. We need to look at the at the impulse. Um, and so that's that's why we're doing this now. If you look at the review on PewScience.com, I can show you in the pressure and impulse space at the muzzle what's going on with the Ultra 9. And, you know, the, the at-ear waveforms are even more telling. But, you know, those are only there for members. Like, uh, members uh, of PewScience will only see those. So, but it's okay. It's okay. All is not lost. If you are not a member and you can just see the free, ver free version, that's okay. Um, you can still see the phenomenon there at the muzzle. Um, in the public free version of the review, take a look at figure 4A and 4B. Look at those plots and then read the text below them. Uh, you know, you can read the review there. Now, I'll, I'll break it down for you here. In, in every single sound signature review you've seen before this one, you have not seen anything like this. With the like, You have not seen a silencer like this. The impulse of every shot is extremely similar. The first shot does have some front-loaded energy due to extra combustion from the atmosphere and the silencer prior to shooting it, like always. Like that always happens. You, always, you guys always see that fast rise for the first shot in impulse space, right? You're used to seeing that now. In, in every review, you see that. Now, it happens in this review, but what you see for the Ultra 9 is it, it rises fast, but then it stops. It actually doesn't get as high as the subsequent peak from the main event. That means that their silencer is stopping short of being loud on the first shot, like in plain English. Like that's a good way to think about that. And man, this is the only time we've seen this in a centerfire rifle silencer so far. I'm, I'm here to tell you that. Like I have not seen a silencer do this except for the Ultra 9 on, on a bolt action uh, 308. Like I, I just haven't seen that before. Um, you know, and after seeing this and, and, and looking at the in-depth hearing modeling with the waveforms, this story was the same. The first round pop with the Ultra 9 is most likely difficult to discern, difficult to hear. The shooter is going to have a hard time and your you're, you're, bystanders are going to have a hard time hearing the first round pop. So again, like, like you've never seen this. Like, no one's done this, man. This is like this is brand new stuff. Like, no one in the world has been able to show this. Like, Thunder Beast couldn't show this. Um, but now we're showing it. Peace Science is showing it. And look, and I know this is like somewhat of a little bit of a controversial review, um, just due to the nature of where this sits in the market and the performance of it and just the community that uses it. Like there's a lot of politics going into all this stuff. 
Look, I'm here to tell you, look, a lot of folks in the industry have spoken about PewScience and PewSoft. Like ever since I announced PewSoft, like, and you know, then I formed PewScience and been doing this now. You know, PewScience is actually over a year old now, like operationally. And PewSoft is even older. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of, there's been a lot of chatter about it over the years, you know, and I'm here to tell you that PewScience is not a threat to manufacturers, guys. Like, our mission is to test silencers properly so consumers and manufacturers can get the best information possible. All right? Like, I'm here to help. I really am. That's why Pew Science is here. That is why I wrote the Silencer Sound Standard. I want to advance the state of practice and put everything on a level playing field. And, you know, if anyone listening, if anyone out there listening, um, you know, you guys run, run a company or whatever, and you want to procure Pew Science for consulting services and for testing services, you know, to, to evaluate a product to, to fully understand and fully characterize its sound signature, dude, that's, that's totally, that's totally why we're here just e email tech at pewscience.com or use the form on the website and like look with every review released by pew science the gap in analysis methodology between what we're doing and like all the old stuff is widening like we're getting super advanced and you know with, with it, it look this is happening with every shot i record every shot that i shoot i get one step closer to characterizing suppress small arms in their entirety. Like it's gonna happen with every shot, like every test, every review, every project, we're just getting closer and closer. Like we're just, we're, we're circling, we're circling the prey, man. We are ready to just, we're, we're taking over. Like it, we're, we're gonna characterize suppress small arms. And I, I and and we're not gonna stop. So I just want to make that clear. I mean, I th I think this is really gonna help. And when we make strides like this uh, in the methodology, and we can show, we I think when we can show the public and manufacturers results like this that are basically showing you. An objective way to look at hearing perception of a product, I think that's valuable because anyone that picks up a Thunder Beast Ultra 9 and puts it on a bolt action 308 and picks up any of the other silencers that we've reviewed so far and puts them on a bolt action 308, you're gonna get the same answer the Pew Science got when you shoot it. Like you're gonna be like, oh, it's quieter. <laughs> like I promise. Like you can't fake that. You can't fake that data. That's it is what it is, and so I think that's important because you you need a reference point. And if you didn't, and that's one of the reasons of why I waited for a while to release this because if I released the Ultra Nine review a few months ago, I don't think you'd have a full appreciation for it because you wouldn't have seen some of the other popular silencers and their performance. And you wouldn't be able to frame your expectations properly. And now you see something completely different. For example, with the first round pop, you just know how special it is now. You know what I mean? And like that was like me not I, I didn't talk to Thunderbeast at all until until I was gonna release this review. Like I like 
a week before I released the review, I emailed them. That's all I did. I said, hey, hey guys, like long time no talk to. Um, I'm releasing a silencer review. It features a Thunder Beast silencer. You want to talk about it? That's basically what I told them. Like they had no idea. So like, I want people to understand, like, I don't want people to think that, oh, Jay works for Thunder Beast. And that's why he's saying this silencer is quite, relax. Like when I said good things about the Q silencers, people were like, oh, he works for Q. Like, really? Do I? <laughs> okay. It's like, come on, man. Like, a lot of products have positives. A lot of pro products have negatives. And um, I'm, I'm here to give you the most objective information I can. All right? Okay. I think the Ultranine is great. I think if you're looking for a bolt-action rifle silencer, it should definitely be on your list. I think that um, you'd be remiss if you didn't consider them for a pre precision rifle silencer, I think. I mean, I think a lot of folks use them for that. You know, their engineer told me that they th that they think, like Thunderbeast thinks, that the 338 model that they have is actually quieter than the 30 caliber model um, when shooting 308. So like, that means like if you put the 338 model on a 308, they said it was quieter than using the 308 model on a 308. I said, cool. Um, is it bigger? And they're like, yeah, it's bigger. I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's probably quieter. I mean, I don't know about first round pop though. That that'd be an interesting thing to see, wouldn't it? Like, if the first round pop is also, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be crazy if like the three thirty eight one is quieter and it doesn't have first round pop on three hundred eight? That'd be crazy. I don't know. I have to test it, I guess. But I don't know. Uh, I, I just you know I haven't tested the three thirty eight. I just want to really relay relay that information to you because they told me that like that's like straight from the horse's mouth. So there you go. Now, look, man, I think other than the mount, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it's pretty good. Um, I think the silencer is amazing. I think, I think it's for bolt guns. So I don't, I don't see cleaning the mount being a problem, but however, I will say if you have one of these silencers or you're thinking about getting one of them, just make sure you keep that mount clean, at least wipe it off with an oily rag after each range trip or something. Like I tend, I, I try to I need to be better at that, but I try to do that with some of my stuff too. Anyway, um, I hope that's some good info about the silencer. It's a good silencer. It's quiet. It's light. Uh, accurate, I think. So, yeah, I think I think Thunderbeast did a good job. I think Thunderbeast did a good job with the Ultra Nine, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to honestly, I'm excited to test more Thunderbeast stuff. Um. I just so happened to test this one. It's just one of the silencers I wanted to test in a particular test series because I had heard some things about it, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I, I went with this one. And I'm glad uh, I was able to show you folks this data, and I hope that it helps frame its performance objectively. Okay. Okay, topic two at a time of 39 minutes, 26 seconds. Okay. Compact pistol silencers. Oh, man. It's kind of a weird topic I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, it's really quick. I wanted to touch on it. I, I did discover something. I actually reached out to a manufacturer this weekend and to a couple of people that I know. Some Pew, so specifically some Pew Science members and some other folks that I know. 
that have shot a certain compact pistol silencer and I have been looking at some of the test data really in depth for that silencer. And right now it appears that I may be on the way to validating another crazy claim for the industry. Like I know I'm, I sort of claim that I just validated first round pop um, or lack thereof, which is crazy. I know that's crazy, but I think I'm close to do something else too. Um, like, for, you know, look, in every review before the Ultra 9, you, you saw that I, I said F first round pop always happens and yada yada. And even the Ultra 9 review, you saw that it happened in data space, but you also saw why when it did happen in the Ultra 9 review, you saw why it was not very perceptible. And that really, that kind of validates the claims of the manufacturer. So speaking of claims or speaking of products, what about short pistol silencers? Now, have you guys ever shot a short pistol silencer? And it was loud, but it was sort of like a loud you could deal with, like you could deal with the loud. It's hard to explain that qualitatively so like for example like have you have you shot a short pistol silencer and then after the first round pop thought to yourself hey it's loud uh, but it's not too bad like it was loud in that first shot but then like after the first shot you're like yeah it's still loud but it's like it's, it's not too bad i i think on certain pistol hosts particularly full-size pistol hosts with good lockup time, I think small pistol silencers might get close to the full size silencers at the shooter's ear. Okay? This is sort of crazy to say. It really is because they do meter louder at the ear. The short, the short pistol silencers, I mean. Uh, when you consider peak pressure and impulse, but when you compare the waveforms more in depth, and then you compute the suppression rating, keeping in mind that the suppression rating takes into account many factors other than the peak sound pressure, okay? You come to the analytical conclusion from the test data that your subjective experience as the shooter with short pistol silencers, it might have some credence, man. It, it shouldn't be dismissed. You should not, look, that's one thing I really, and I've noticed this about you guys from the beginning, you need to, Flow, throw a flag when you when you hear BS. If you hear me saying something and you don't agree with it and you think it's BS because it doesn't agree with your experience, you need to throw a flag and tell me. You need to email tech at PewScience.com immediately and we can talk about it, okay? The point of the suppression rating is to not only give you a relatively safe shot dose for your use case, but it's also to relate relative, like relative perception of suppressed small arm. I don't know if you guys remember this, like earlier, earlier on in this journey, but there was a guy who he messaged me and like after seeing the, the pistol reviews, and he was like, "Hey, your suppression rating for this pistol is yada yada," and I'm telling you that when I shoot that pistol with this silencer, like it's uncomfortable for my ears, and. I was like, interesting. And that's when I split the rating up and gave everyone the discrete ear and muzzle ratings. And after I did that, the guy wrote me back and he was like, oh, he was like, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you for letting me know 
that the overall suppression rating is a composite of the ear rating and the muzzle rating. I was like, no problem. I'm sorry I didn't like make that more clear. Now you guys know. And so like that's that's good that like that's out there now. Like people understand. It's like cool. All right, awesome. Now for these short pistol silencers, I think what we're going to be doing is you're going to see some suppression ratings and you're going to be like, what? And I'm like, I know, right? And you're gonna be like, but the, but the pressure. And I'm like, I know it's, it. you're going to have to stay tuned. I think we're getting, we're getting some really interesting analytical results from previous tests that I just got around to analyzing. Like I just started digging into some of this data. So I'll let you know more as that develops. But one conclusion we may start to reach is you have to use the silencer sound standard to quantify this stuff, guys. I think you do. And you can't just use only the peaks. I think we keep seeing that, and that's a recurring theme here. I mean, the, if you look at just the peaks, it's gonna mislead you in the big way. I mean, look at look at the look at the Helios. Um, look at look at the the Thunderbeast Ultra 9. If you didn't look at the full impulse, impulse space, you would have not understood the extent of that first round pop. Uh, that first round pop suppression, that masking of the first round pop, you never would have known. I guarantee you, you never would have known that it does that. And so like you, we have to look at the whole thing. We have to use the suppression rating. We have to be looking at the entire time domain and we have to dip into the frequency domain when, when needed. Okay. It's important. And it's, is it complicated? Absolutely. You know, there's a guy that said one time, well, you know, you, this, it's not a, it, the sensor sound standard isn't a standard because not everyone can do it. I'm like, well, that's not, that's not a valid critique because there are test standards in all types of industries and not everyone can do them. Just because you don't have the expertise to do something doesn't make the standard not valid. It just means you need the expertise. Okay. Like let's, let's relax on that whole, like, oh, it's hard. And so I don't want to, it's like, okay, well, you know, a lot of things are hard guys. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Email tech at pewscience.com. You want to test in accordance with the standard? Let's do it. Like you have, you no, no one's restricted from doing this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Topic three at the time of 46 minutes and 40 seconds. Welcome to Pew Science members. Thank you so much for your support. I know this is a quick podcast today, guys. Um, I had some other topics planned, but I decided not to go through them right now. I want to save them for another time. Um, also, it is pretty late because I actually, hey, you know what? Uh, Q, uh, some of the folks from Q, uh, the, the silencer and rifle manufacturer, uh, those guys were in town this evening and uh, we had we had dinner um i spoke to them about their atf their atf uh stuff they have going on their difficulties they're having with the atf and it sucks man it sucks so you know that really sucks for the whole industry they're doing their best to to um, raise awareness about it um, fight the atf uh, in the way that they can and uh, I think everyone should, you know, try to support them in some way. Maybe just spread the word about it. Um, if you don't know much about that, uh, I talked about it on previous two episodes of this podcast. Um, the stuff's still going on. The ATF is still kind of 
being weird. Um, so I, I would urge you to look into that issue. Um, get involved. There are groups you can get involved with. Uh, the Firearm Policy Coalition is pretty good. Uh, I think Gunners, Gun Owners of America is a really good organization to get involved with. Um, so you know you might think about doing that. Um, I'm a member of the Gun, Gun Owners of America. I think I think it's a cool organization. Um, you de definitely don't need to join it, but uh, I would encourage you to look into it. Um, but speaking of membership, you know which members are um, just as cool, if not cooler, than the members of Gunners of America? Members of Pew Science. <laughs> How cheesy was that? No, but thank you so much. Um, thank you so much, guys, for, for supporting this. It, it really does mean a lot. Uh, a few of you did join since the last podcast. That's super awesome. Uh, welcome. Uh, I did. I have sent you folks an email. If you did not get an email and you're listening, can you like reach out, DM me on Instagram, or like email tech at pewscience.com? Be like, hey Jay, what the heck, dude? Like, where's my email, bro? And I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. And then like we we can talk about it. Um, I, I I'm pretty sure I I caught them all. I caught all you guys now. I do want to let you know that your support means the world and the testing and analysis I discussed on today's episode, like all that in-depth work that I do, like not just the testing, not just shooting the guns and everything and set up and the, the, all those costs and that time. It's not just that that Pew Science does. It's like, it's all the analysis time, you know, and the, and the, the data review, like, you know how much I've said this, I said this a long time ago, but I want to let you guys know there's a lot of data on the cutting room floor, man. There's a lot of data you're never going to see. I have made so many mistakes in testing. I don't even want to tell you about. I mean, it is I have made so I've made so many mistakes. And I have a I have very strict standards. The you know what? The amount of test complete test programs I have completely scrapped and like not thrown away, but like have will never show you is significant like test series e like each test having like 30 tests in it or more that like i'm never gonna show anybody because they th th there was like an issue for some reason that happened or like you know I, I made a mistake with xyz and then i was like well i can't use that data i can't use any of that data you know what i mean like, that's how serious I take this stuff. Like, I'm not messing around. Like, if, if you see a, a review on PewScience.com, you are going to know that it is, if, if, it's not, if it's not the best I could do, it is the best I could do with, in the circumstances that were um, within our control. You know what I mean? Like to the point of like, if 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 you see a review, you, you're gonna know it's good. Like I'm not gonna give you garbage. I promise. Like I would never. I would never. I, I couldn't sleep at night because I care about it that much. Like I I cannot give you bad data. And if I ever do, and I like I don't catch it or something, like I will, I'll freaking I'll issue a retraction. Like I would never. I would never give you something to mislead you. I would never give you something that is not up to my quality standards, like purposefully. And I would never give you something that is incorrect. And if I, if I give you something that is, ends up being incorrect, 
and we do an investigation and we determine that it's incorrect, I will, in full transparency, like issue a retraction. I, I, like, I, I see no reason why I wouldn't. So I just want to let you guys know that. Like I don't, so like that's a long way of saying your membership contributions help me do all that. And it's really difficult. It's a, it's, 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 and it's something that I have taken on. And some people think I'm a little bit crazy for doing it, but I don't really see another way around it. Like, I don't know how to sacrifice the quality. So, um, maybe I'm going to have to do less in the future. I don't know. But right now, this is all I know how to do. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do it any worse. Like, I can only, be better and so I don't like I don't see how to relax it I can I, I only see even actually I only see how to improve it so we're gonna have to just keep on keeping on and you're gonna just have to be happy with getting the best data you're ever gonna get okay <laughs> I couldn't do this without you guys I really couldn't so stay tuned for more from Pew Science we're just getting started and when I say that I mean it the amount of analysis being performed and the reviews I released, they're not trivial, man. The industry's watching. Some major manufacturers are of the opinion that everyone needs to adapt or die. Others are choosing to ignore it. It's weird, right? Like you have one camp that's like, yes, we're doing this. The other camp's like, eh, consumers don't care. Okay. You're not going to please everybody, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, but we are going, we are going to make an impact, and we're doing that. And so, regardless of who chooses to use what and who chooses to look at what data, uh, the information is here. Everything is on PewScience.com, and we are here. And I thank you for supporting that. Stay safe out there, folks. I do mean that. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.